Welcome to Getting Juicy, Juicy. with Rachel and, and Hiro. <laughs> We're going to do a lot of that this episode. <laughs> it's, <laughs> because it's a very kosher episode today. A very kosher episode. Horrible accent. Um, we are, and this is my mensch. So the mensch on the bench has come out again for the second year in a row on getting juicy because it is Hanukkah. Um, and by the time we release this episode, it should be around Hanukkah time. So what is, let's just see what he's going to say. Hold on. Let me see. Oh my God. Do you still work? Oh. Ready to learn more? Now you try. Okay. No, hold on. Oy vey means my goodness. Nosh is to snack on something. Oy vey, Murray, will you stop noshing before dinner? And that's actually a perfect segue because, oh, I didn't even plan this, because our guest is Melina Shine, and Melina is a chef. So she's a cook. That's I love that we're talking about nosh and eating. How perfect, perfect. is that? So perfect. So, Melina is known as the saucy soprano because not only is she super spicy and saucy because she's in the kitchen and she just has this amazing flair. And I, I haven't even met her in person, but I just feel like she's this amazing human being. Pow. Ju- yep. Pow. Wow. She's Jewish and she's a soprano singer. She's an opera singer. So we have her on the show. Um, actually, Melina lives where I live in the same town in Vernon, but she moved here from the Big Apple from New York. I don't know if she was born there. I feel like she wasn't, but she definitely was there for quite a long time and in theater, maybe theater, but also opera, obviously. Wow, from the Big Apple to the Crab Apple. <laughs> what? Well, for the Big Apple, we we have a, from lots of orchards up here in the Okanagan. So yeah, sure. I don't know about crab apples. Not super popular, but Anyway, I don't want to give much more away about Melina because I wanted her to hop on uh, when we have her on and introduce herself, but super excited to have her here. Very, 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 very juicy episode. And the question of the hour, the question of the the podcast, I believe this episode, okay, you got to like watch our YouTube channel because Hero's making the weirdest faces, um, is... And this is going to be for Melina at the end. So uh, she won't, she won't be hearing this. We're going to give our two cents into this question. It's a, it's a Jewish question in case you might have to look up these terms. So what is juicier? Gefilte fish? <laughs> or now I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. Kugel? Kegel? Kegel? Not Kegel. <laughs> Nido Kegel. <laughs> Not Kegel, not Kegel, everyone, not Kegel, it's Kugel. So uh, we'll have to ask Melina because she, um, she she cooks up a lot of Jewish recipes and is a stellar, like I said, chef and and singer and performer and et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, gefilte fish is a white fish that is almost essentially pureed, I want to say. It's, it's ground up really, really, really finely. And it's made into like a patty and it's served typically cold. And my dad, I don't know if this is like a typical thing, but he'd always put a carrot on top, like a sweet carrot. And when I was a kid, I mean, just, just listen to that. It doesn't sound very appetizing. It's a very uh, Jewish dish. It's mostly served at Passover though, but I just kind of said it cause it's pretty Jewish. Um, and then uh, Kugel, not Kegel, Kugel 
I think is disgusting. Um, I was never in. Do you like Kugel? I love Kugel. You do? Okay, they, I think it's disgusting. Fuck you. Fuck what do you mean? What do you, like, what do you mean you don't like Kugel? Okay, but let's listen to this. Well, I don't know. It just It's just gross, like with the raisins and the pasta. And the feta cheese or the sweet cheese. Oh, it's so I good. love ricotta. I love, I love sweet cheese or cottage cheese, but like raisins I and love pasta. Oh, it's so good. Come and it's like, on. and it's like baked into like a, almost like a. It's like a, like des- a it's like a dessert lasagna. Eh, no. Okay. Yes. See, I never like, I haven't had it for years, but okay. See, this is, this is interesting. So what do you prefer then? I feel like I know the answer already. Well, gefilte fish is one of my drag name ideas, so I'm definitely not going to fucking eat some fish. No, I want some kugel. I want some carbs, some sweetness. I okay. love my kugel. I miss that I can't eat kugel anymore. Oh, muffin. You can have mm. vegan, like, you know, diet cheese, like, kugel that probably will taste like a cardboard box. I'd rather just eat the you box. Can... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so, and once again, this is a Passover dish typically. So, you know, we're not talking about Hanukkah dishes, but I just thought I'm like, talk about Jewish cooking. See, and I prefer gefilte fish because I've never liked, it's funny. Like I said, I never liked gefilte fish as a kid. I love fish. And then later on, I kind of developed, I don't mind it. I I developed a taste for it. You have some, had it with horseradish, like a bit of horseradish. I know you're like, it sounds, you're not making it any better. (laughs) I love horseradish, but anyway that's hilarious um we'll have to ask her that that question but speaking of hanukkah food what's your favorite hanukkah food oh oh i'm gonna it's funny i was gonna say simits and simits is actually a passover food um what is that simits is like uh date usually dates potatoes uh, sweet potatoes carrots yams all the sweet orange and like yeah it's really delicious um yeah uh is harusset uh, is <laughs> yeah, Harusset Hanukkah? No, that's, no, Passover. that's Passover too. Fuck all the good food from Passover. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I love first and foremost. I'm not. I can have a sufganiyat because that's fried gluten. So I can't have jelly filled donuts. So that sucks. And then the other one, of course, is, is latkes, which are Thank great, you. which are potato pancakes, which we are doing an IG live on Wednesday, which I almost forgot the date of in our IG post that I put I, up. I know you did, but that's okay. That's why we're off the cuff and super uh, random and not scripted and blah, blah, blah. But we're what? We're what? Off the cuff. <laughs> Hanukkah. <laughs> off the cuff. It's Hanukkah. What the what? what? Is, that, <laughs> is that like is that an actual song? No, I just oh. made it up. Oh geez. That was really bizarre. <laughs> but you know what? One of my favorite Hanukkah songs actually <laughs> is by uh RuPaul Royalty uh Detox. It's called This Is How We Do It. Oh wow. So wow. fucking funny. Wow. I'm <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I am schwitzing. Oh my I gosh. Know, I know. Anyway, so I would say, <laughs> you know, lefkas are really delicious. Um, they are. But yes. I would love to experiment. I actually have had the yam and beet lefkas, which are really good. I would love to experiment, even if it might be hard. I want to, sh- I would love to be like shredded apple and potato and a couple other tubes, like two, four, like a few tubes, tubers, and then use um, yeah. like apple or something to yeah. it. Ooh, yeah. that actually said, well, I mean, it makes, it does make sense because typically what it, the toppings on top of latkes are applesauce, 
-hmm. That's very common. Sour cream. cream. Some people like to pour a bunch of sugar on top. I'm not a huge fan of that. I've, I don't know if that's like a sacrilegious thing, but I think it's just such a, it's such a greasy, sugary holiday, right? Yeah, it is. Oily. I'm doing the like, do you know this reminds me of? Schitt's Creek. Oh, right. David, I don't know where that just came from. My <laughs> hand mannerisms. Little um, red you are. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm stoked to hear Melina's answer yeah. is going to be on that front. And yay, Melina. Yay, yay, Melina. Uh, yeah. But how are you? Uh, wow. Oh, now you ask how I'm doing. I feel so flattered. Jeez. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Thank you. It's getting darker earlier and earlier for now for another month. And it's getting colder and grayer, even though we are very warm in BC still, uh, maybe a bit cooler for you in Vernon because you're further up there, but, um, not so burning and Vernon right now are you? But, uh, no, thank, thank God for that. I'm doing well. I'm settling really nicely back in Vancouver and I, getting my jobs and my kind of settling in that work-life balance right now and really choosing what I want to take on and choosing what I don't want to take on and letting the next few months of last few months of my twenties, just be more chill and try to restructure as we go into the new year. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh my that's goodness. right. Somebody is that's turning. Right. What the hell is happening? I can feel it already. I'm waking up stiff and cracking at my joints and my, Fluids are everywhere when I, oh God, that could have just, <laughs> I just realized how that could have sounded. All right. Well, anyways, moving on no. from that, I'm doing just fine. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I know what you mean about the, yeah, don't even get me started. I'm like almost 10 years older than you about the, you know, creeks and the, oh and I know we're God, not even, yes. we're not even that old, but no. I mean, it's, it's interesting just with the, the Jewishness and you know, going right to health anxieties and, you know, bitching about shit and fetching and all that kind of stuff. And as you get older, it just gets worse. <laughs> right. What are you, did I, did I, um, did I freeze? No, I just, okay. was, you're just like, it gets worse. I'm like, and you're like, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, ha, ha. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know my friend. Well, I don't know if we've said this before in the podcast, we probably have, but here when I have birthdays that are one day apart. Oh yeah. That's one right. day, one day. We're both mm-hmm. Aquarius size. I'm just mm-hmm. made up that word. We're Aquarius. We are Aquarius. Well, I'm Aquarius. I call myself an Aquarius, which is cute. Ah, that is cute. I like that. Mm-hmm. I very much like that. And maybe yeah. we'll, I, we should do like a birthday edition. Maybe yeah, we can do we did like it a- last year. And I think we, it would be good to do another one. It would. And I'm just looking at the date because maybe even January, January 31st, that's my birthday, my, which is a Monday. Oh, yours is yeah, a Tuesday. That's poopy. Oh, that's horrid. Really? That I, thought horrid. It was a, I thought it was a Sunday. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I thought it was a, a, a Sunday. No, it's a Tuesday. My birthday's a Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday. I know. Not not the most ideal, but whatever. That just means excuse to maybe take the day off work, right? Yeah. Well, do <laughs> I mean, I teach Tuesdays right now. I don't. I, that's all I have. And then we record on Tuesdays usually that's it so it's not that bad yeah who knows what will happen by then I think I'll still be pretty chill I don't want to really add on too much to my plate until you know early next year see what happens but right now it's fine yeah but I'm okay how are you doing 
I'm good. Like it's, you know, it's a strange time of year as, as I said on this podcast a few times, I don't, I'm not a winter person, I'm not a fall winter person. I definitely get affected. Um, I just I get the SADs, you know, the SAD. Um, and it's just, you know, it's all about moving my mm. body every mm-hmm. day. Like, I mean, not that that's not, not that I stopped doing that. Um, when mm. it's sunny outside, I do it even more, but it's so important. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah mental health, especially like sitting, like I'm actually, you're going to see me moving a lot this episode because I just have some like real stiffness in the hips and the legs from sitting all day. So, but you got to keep moving. Mm -hmm. You have to keep moving. I swear. Like when I work and I'm on my feet for those seven or eight hours on the retail for it now, thankfully just a couple days a week. So it's not as damaging on the body. I'll legitimately like fold myself over and bind my hands behind my back and reach my arms up. And I legitimately will feel my entire spine crack every vertebra stretch away from itself. And I'm like, I literally was standing for two hours. How the hell is my body seizing up that quickly? Wait, wait another 10 years. Thanks. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, what's interesting. Oh, Hello! Hi! Hi How are How you? Are you? Oh my I god, look s- at that awesome backdrop! I love it! Well, this is just my real wall. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> so real and natural. Thank you! Let me just get myself sort of acclimated here. Am I am love- I on time? Is it all good? You yeah. are perfectly on time. And and as per our my email correspondence and we're super off the cuff and unscripted, we're already recording. So I just always like to let our guests know that just so they're aware that, you know, not that you can't say things like swearing and all that kind of stuff, because you can, but okay. Good, good to know. It might yeah. slip out. It, Love it. And it's Love so it. nice to finally virtually meet you. You too. My gosh, it's been a while. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got my, so just because this is like a super Hanukkah edition episode, I've got my mensch, which I'm, are you familiar with the mensch on the bench? I sure am. Yeah, <laughs> I, am. <laughs> I love it. Are you familiar with, they have like a whole freaking family now. Of, I did not know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A whole family is more than the mensch. So had to bring him out. Where do you um, find him? Like, is he online? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Bottom okay. online. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I wore my, I can't, I don't know if you can tell. I wore my matzo ball soup. Oh, I love it. Look at those balls. They're so adorable. <laughs> I got good balls. Yeah, you do. Oh uh, my God. Nice and plump and fluffy. <laughs> All the right adjectives. Love. I love that. So uh, Lena, we, we did like a very, very, very quick intro to you. I know that we always tell our guests, we're like, we did an intro. You have no clue what we said about you. Yeah. They're all good things, but it was very brief. And I, we always like to get our guests to kind of give their own intro and, you know, basically just said that, just like I said, the basics, you live in Vernon. Now you hail from New York city, but I feel like you were not born there. Cause I think I, we're going to talk about a little bit more about that okay. opera singer, Jewish chef, cuisine, master, full woman in the kitchen, saucy soprano. Oy, okay. I mean, right? <laughs> if you you're said like, so. <laughs> you're like, tick tock. <laughs> <laughs> love, love it. And yeah, like, please t- take it away. I know you're, you're a performer, right. so. <laughs> yeah, okay. So right now, we're like. Right now. We're rolling. Yeah, okay. we're rolling. Um, well, yeah, okay. I, uh, I was born in Argentina in Buenos Aires. 
and moved to New York when I was still an infant. So um, I don't remember much of the homeland other than that I did get to go back there and live there and do an opera training program there when I was 17. So um, Spanish improved dramatically and got to meet some family that I hadn't seen since birth. And New York has been, New York was home, the only home that I've ever known. We only moved from Argentina to Manhattan, and that's where I grew up. And I feel very lucky to have grown up in New York City. Um, And still, after 20 some odd years, 25 years now, I think, of living in Canada and and in a small town, I still have moments of culture shock. (laughs) You know, like, where am I? Where are the... Where are the different colored people who speak different languages and the different cuisines and museums and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I followed love out here to uh, actually, of all places, not Vernon, but Armstrong. Wow. To Armstrong, British Columbia. Like, I hadn't ever seen a cow you know, I hadn't ever seen a tractor. Like, what the um, hell, man? Uh, so that was, yeah, a few years of some major adjustment and culture shock. But, you know, the things we do for love, right? Okay, like, so uh, I have so many questions already. But for already. how already. I know, I know how, I mean, so, okay, first of all, I didn't actually know it had been that long since you've lived in Canada. I thought I didn't. Yeah, that's quite yeah, a while 1996 was wow. that year yeah and so your partner were they like did you meet in new york because armstrong that's such a such a bizarre yeah if, if no one knows where that is map it yeah. check Not out where armstrong is like is it on the map I don't, <laughs> I'm sure it was it was a great first home yes yeah, so yeah. my my now ex-husband paul uh was uh t- studying well he was actually at this point a already somewhat established opera singer a magnificent tenor he still is he's not actively singing anymore but back in the day he was just in his prime glorious world-class voice and he is nine years older than me so he was at Juilliard at the Juilliard school after having already done a lot of his training he went from Vernon to uh, UVic and then to McGill. Wow. And he in the in the voice world, in the operatic world, it's it's a thing like once you sort of find your voice teacher, it's basically like finding your life partner, you know, so yes. follow that voice teacher kind of wherever they go. And Paul's voice teacher moved from McGill to Juilliard in New York. And Paul was so enormously talented that he got a full ride and a full scholarship to go to New York, live there, go to Juilliard and continue his training with his teacher. So he was already quite a few years ahead of me. I was doing my undergrad in classical voice at Juilliard. And I saw this guy walk across the cafeteria. (laughs) I'll never forget the moment. He was wearing like a light blue cable knit sweater and (laughs) jeans with holes in them and cowboy boots. Oh, (laughs) wow. This is not how like New Yorkers dress and it's not how New York opera students dress. So I saw that guy and I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to marry that guy. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Oh, wow. And so he happened to be from this area. His family lived and 
they still do live in Armstrong. And he, uh, so we dated and eventually we moved in together and we were both still studying, but he was uh, already in like in our second year of courtship. He was already well on his way. So he was traveling and singing in pretty much every major opera house in Canada at that time. And I was holding down the fort and studying back in New York. And uh, he took me home to meet his family. And he was very clever about it because we didn't go straight to Armstrong. We went to Banff first. Oh, yeah. yes. And I had never seen anything like Banff in my life. I mean, I was a pretty well-traveled kid. My, my parents were travelers. So I did get to see a lot of the world, but Banff was just like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And, uh, and then eventually, I mean, again, this is a very long story. We, We don't need to go into all of that, but circumstances as they were led us to really needing to get away from New York and um, be closer to Paul's family. Right. And so we did that. And I I never had any intention of being here for 25 years, but I got knocked up. (laughs) So that was part of it. And and then we had a kid who is now almost 22. Wow. There was no way that I was going to, you know, move somewhere away from my kid. Um, Yes. Yeah. So even though the love thing didn't exactly work out in the fairy tale ending we had we had hoped for, we have an amazing kid, and uh, he's in the area too. He's living on his own in Kelowna, and so here I am. Holy Toledo! The short short version. That's absolutely hero. Go for it because I've we we talk over each other sometimes. I don't know if you have. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Anyways. Yes, it's exactly oh, like a Jewish household. Yeah. It I is feel so at home. It's like no one can get a word in edgewise or you're shouting. No. So yeah, you you no. guys worry about that. Do you oh know, my god. Can you tell that to my husband because he's not Jewish and he doesn't get how I can't let him finish a sentence? Can you can you tell him that, that is why? Put him on here. Put him on here <laughs> right now. Oh I'm my god, get him on here. Yeah, I'm married to a goy also. He's my goy toy. And um he doesn't get it either. He's so quiet. He's so polite. He's so apologetic. Yeah. And he comes like we go to Florida to vi- pre-COVID, of course, to visit my family, my home is in Florida. And it's just oh. like the poor guy. It's just sensory <laughs> overload plus chopped herring, you know? it's too much oh i love it that's so funny i I can only imagine the kvetching that would happen with that Mm -hmm. and he would just be like (laughs) yeah it's a wonder he's still with me anyway yeah i love it i love it what i was gonna say is it's amazing that you are again from argentina and then to uh new york because uh i have a small family but my aunt and uncle um i guess my great aunt great uncle sure whatever good enough yeah. they, they live in manhattan and so they live right by greenwich village so i am familiar mm. with manhattan and new york and haven't been in years but i mean it's cool that you have that connection because it's a very vibrant and diverse city with so much culture and society and lifestyle so i can imagine going in from there and coming to where you're right now what a contrast and you spoke to that i'm also curious to know about your time in Banff. like what was it like for you to see you might have seen mountains in different parts of the world but what was it like to be in Banff and right in front of you is the freaking mountain. What was was that like for you? Just, it was one, one of those, you know, moments in time you kind of never forget. And 
mind you, you know, I grew up in Washington Heights, which is sort of the northern tip of Manhattan bordering the Bronx. And um, we were, you know, a solid middle class family, a little little two bedroom apartment. I'm an only child. So I had my own room, never had to share anything, which something that has continued on through the, through the <laughs> um, so, you know, just very used to small spaces and small yeah. confined yeah. spaces. And, and then when I was uh, living in the dorms at Juilliard, it was even a, a smaller space. Like we had, mm-hmm. it was basically a walk-in closet and two loft beds and then desks underneath and i shared that space with a korean uh pianist named gia who would cook who would make kimchi in our room and and so that was the life that i kind of knew and that was just Uh, normal and so seeing those those mountains like seeing the rockies for the first time and just like experiencing a sense of space Mm -hmm. yes fresh air and it was yeah very powerful i loved it there we we hiked we climbed a mountain and i was totally not ready for the um elevation sort of thing so i kind of you know half blacked out at the top but it didn't really matter because i was in love and right (laughs) it was uh it was amazing it was really an incredible trip and i don't recall at that time thinking you know i could probably give up the whole city thing and live here but that's kind of how it worked out I just wonder, like, you know, just listening to uh, your background and, you know, Juilliard and, and I don't even, I don't know if it was any theater most, is it mostly opera? Is it, was it purely, yeah. okay, strictly yeah. opera. Yeah. yeah. So, but just thinking about those, those things, those very um, uh, creative uh, pathways and, and things that have to be done in typically in front of an audience, right? So in front of people, uh, the bigger the audience, the usually, usually the better. Mm-hmm. And you're moving to this tiny town. Um, I, how did, how did you keep, keep it going with your, your craft? Like, I mean that I, you know, you, you're basically in the, not to, not for it to be like a sob story, but you're like in this, in the Mecca yes. of it. And like, that's, that's Very pretty so. big. Like, was there, it's that hit you in a kind of mental yeah. health way? I mean, I can't really imagine. Totally. It's, no, yeah. it's a really great question. I, I think really, I, I was kind of in this sort of state of shock for, for yeah. a, couple of, a good couple of years, I would say. Um, but again, the, the longer part of the story we haven't talked about there, there was stuff going on um, mental health wise with my now ex-husband. And so okay. I was very, very focused on him and on being a support system. And I was like 22. I mean, we got, I was 20 when we got married. Like who does that? You know, what are wow. we? So but my mom he, did that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine too. He was 29. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so that was, that was just a really, really huge focus. It wasn't sort of the, you know, the typical story of boy meets girl and they get married and they move and they start a life together. And, ah, oh, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on and, um, yeah. And we, we both at that point really needed for different reasons. We needed a break from the, the musical world and the, the whole business and the industry of it. Like it was really, really hard on both of us. It was hard on us as individuals. It was hard on a relationship. I mean, just the fact that, uh, Paul 
would be constantly on a new opera contract, which would take him away for two to three months at a time. That's tough on a relationship for sure. Mm -hmm. But the industry itself, I mean, you know, it's, it's a really, really tough one. And even back then, I mean, opera has been considered to be a dying art form for many years. Um, More so now, of course, but it's uh, it's tough. And where I trained at Juilliard, I mean, any of the movies or, you know, TV shows or anything that you see about the Juilliard school and what students go through there, that's like, you know, a fraction of, of what it really is. It's it's hard. All the dorm windows had bars on them so that people wouldn't like hurdle themselves out of the 40th floor, <laughs> you know, Come not to like that, but it's it's wow. very true. Um, so at the point when we moved here, we just both needed a real break from all of it. Mm-hmm. And we got that. And uh, I started because I, I have sort of an, an entrepreneurial spirit and we needed money. So I started a baking business back in the day called Melina's mm-hmm. Biscotti Bandwagon. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because nobody had, biscotti wasn't a thing here. Yeah, no, a lot of things it. aren't still <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like good Jewish jelly. Like someone needs to. Oh boy. Oh, we could talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we just, you know, we kind of did as my husband was healing and, you know, kind of dealing with, with the skeletons in his closet, I was trying to make us a living. And so, you know, dipped my toe into various things. And, but eventually, you know, I do believe that we're kind of, called back to whatever it is we are sort of meant to do in this world like even if you try to escape it Mm. somehow you get reeled back in and so kind of before we knew it we had people asking us to you know if they could take voice lessons and Mm. and then we were performing again some more and then we just kind of created our own thing from there a a studio and a, a performance company and uh, since we split up, Paul has gone in a different direction, but I've continued all of those things. And so, yeah. And, is, and it's called, is it Big Apple Productions? Yeah. So Big Apple Productions yes. is my theater company. And that's uh, the, the, that's the company where we do all of our big, again, all pre-COVID, right? All of our big productions. And um, we were up to three major, major shows a year. We're talking like really, really big shows you know like fifty thousand dollar productions and so we did the rocky horror show every year in vernon which was one of our one of our big ones and lots of other wonderful things yeah and uh, and then my school my um, performance training school is called valley vocal arts and so i run those two simultaneously and then still try to fit in my own performing because I need, I need that. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think, I just was thinking about this because my, so my, uh, my parents were actually musical theater performers and no actors. Way. Yeah. In Van, in Vancouver. And so my mom, who's 71 now, I mean, she, she would do productions at the Stanley theater like every year and she still kind of would do things. And she, when she was like 60, the reason why I'm, I'll, I'll get into my point in a sec, but when she was like 16, she got to travel around England in Anne and Green Gables. Like she's, she's been doing that for a long, long time. It's what it's interesting to me is why does it seem like so many Jews? Why, why are Jews in the entertainment business? Does anybody have the answer to that? Trauma like, and why tragedy. Is that? <laughs> 
Yes, like very Mel Brooks, right? Yeah, maybe. I just, it was just a thought. I'm like, what, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know the answer, but (laughs) a really good point. Like, I think that we're drawn to entertaining, right? And to maybe maybe. some of that like generational pain and stuff into what we do. Correct. So, so. Yeah, I think so. Look at all the major Jewish personalities that have quirks and stigmas and are not afraid to speak out about them. Or also, Mm -hmm. again, me and Rachel were talking about like, why do we have our podcast? You know, we're both Jewish folks. (laughs) And you know, Mm -hmm. it's because we've been through tons of shit even before we were born. And we have this nature Mm -hmm. of candidness to just speak our, our way that we want to speak and without any apologies, without any care of the world, but having so much intention behind being, as I jokingly say, careless. But you look at these stand-up comedians, you look at these artists and look at how careless they are, but it's intentionally being careless because they have nothing to lose. So why not take a chance to provoke and make a difference in our self-expression? And that's exactly what you have done that's and true. what you can continue to do, right? Yeah, so well said. I, I am. I love it. It is. Usually we do our recordings in the morning. So I actually do have a little bit of whiskey in this glass. Just it's the, it's the- oh, I should have and- brought up my bottle of Manischewitz and a straw. And a straw. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I very uh, much agree. But that's, yeah. that's, that is true. And like, there's a lot of, and even what Melina, your story um, is full of resilience and full of strength and that's you know where do you think we get all that from right so people do right yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, one thing, one thing yeah. I do want to ask is, and you, it's a fine if you don't, but do you have any knowledge or ancestry of the Holocaust in your bloodline oh, at all? Oh, yes, in a very big way. So my Zeta, my grandpa, um, lived uh, his last many years in Florida, okay. in Boca, of course, and <laughs> just passed away last March at the age of 98. And a month or so before he passed away, he was interviewed by the Shoah Foundation. They came came to his little place in Florida and it's out there. His whole story is out there. Uh, This man's story is, I mean, when I think that I have problems in this world and that there's something that I can't get through, I just think of him and Mm -hmm all that he ran from and all that he lost. And I mean, his story is, I wouldn't even know where to begin. It is so remarkable and so chilling. Mm -hmm. And his very last day, because he was completely lucid, his mind was sharp right until the end. It was just the body that was failing. Mm -hmm. Um, He still continued to ask, you know, why, why me? Why was I the one who was spared? You know, he lost everything. He lost everyone, but somehow he kept getting through and kept surviving and kept beating all the odds. And Mm -hmm. he never understood why he didn't believe in God anymore. At the end, he was very much Jewish, but, uh, he, he was, my Zadie was the same. Oh yeah. The same is what you're describing. Like didn't also was just didn't. Yeah. It's very interesting. Continue. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah, absolutely. I think Mm -hmm. most of us would find that right. Mm -hmm. The grandchildren and the children of, of these, uh, these survivors. But I mean, he would donate to regularly to um, what's it called? Um, Chabad, Mm -hmm. right. Chabad um, 
synagogue Mm -hmm. and he would go for high holy days and he would do all of that. But I would ask him, you know, Zeta, do you, do you believe in God? And, and he would say, there is not a God that I could imagine who would have allowed the atrocities that he saw, you know, Mm -hmm. and that makes total sense to me. And yet culturally and in every other way, he, he was Jewish. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I don't know how we got on that tangent. We're talking about resilience and, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Oh, Holocaust. Yes. Mm. So, and not just him. Yeah. I have lots of family who, um, I mean, unfortunately they're, you know, they're going, they're passing away and the stories are going with them. But I just, I love the fact that his whole tale is kind of memorialized through the show of foundation. And, and we also have tapes with cassette tapes years ago where he just, he talked and talked and talked. He was not one of those who was afraid to share his stories. He wanted to tell them. Yes. And, you know, so the same stories over and over again, but uh, I'm so grateful to know, you know, what he went through. So, yeah. So that cultural, you know, wounding, I very much believe, and I've read a lot about it, that it runs through us, Mm -hmm. you know, even though we haven't, we don't know war and we don't know, you know, that what they actually went through. Just that whole, like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I grew up with, you know, you don't waste anything and you, right, you kind of mm-hmm. hoard food and you, right. So all of those things I, I've passed along to my child and uh-huh. it's just what we know. It's how we grew up. It's, yeah. it's that generational sort of trauma. Well, the other, and sorry, here, <laughs> the other, the other thing is, um, well, we, we all, we have a lot in common, the three of us. So it's just, there, there can be a lot of conversation around this topic, but it's, it's also like, don't complain mm-hmm. because, you know, and, and, but in a sense, you know, I was kind of raised like, I'm sorry, mom and dad. Yes. You know, you raised, you raised me well, but there was a sense of, there was always a sense of like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like, so with that being said, I didn't actually have mechanisms or learn things when things weren't okay. What do I do? I was just taught, well, you're, you know, you're lucky. Everything's great. Just put a smile on your face. Like maybe that was the actor thing as well for my parents, who knows, but, but so it's, there's a lot of resilience that's, you know, that's learned, but also, unfortunately it's, it's like, you know, be, because you don't have it that bad, then, well, then how do you, where are those, those mechanisms or those, those tools? And so therefore that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from and my health anxiety and all those kinds of things. So I know we can talk hours and hours about that as well, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I very, very similar. Like we just, I always say I, I didn't grow up in a, in a feelings household, right? You mm-hmm. just, I, and I, as you know, I went into, into the arts because partly because I, I'm very feelingsy, yeah. <laughs> right? I feel a lot of stuff. And yeah. I know that my family and my parents did too, but it just, you just didn't talk about stuff and you didn't yeah. seek help. And you didn't, you know, when my grandmother died, which was one of the most pivotal events of, of my childhood, we didn't talk about grieving or, mm-hmm you know, had a process of feeling of like abandonment or loneliness, mm-hmm. like it just, you just didn't. Yeah. So even now, I mean, I can't even tell you how much money I've spent in therapy over the years. And it's mm-hmm. still, there's still this little stigma somewhere deep down inside me that feels like this is indulgent, you know, well, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. But 
Yes, I do. And yes, we all do. Yeah. And, and you deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's, and that's the, the more, because I do believe there's a genetic component, you know, in, you know, I, I do believe that we actually, um, early on in the podcast had on Dr. Rachel Yehuda from the Mount Sinai, um, was it the hospital or university? I guess it's the hospital in New York. I think York. it was a hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and she was talking about intergenerational trauma and the scientific findings, you know, like actual DNA findings mm -hmm. in, you know, your being that is passed down generation to generation. So, you know, what you're saying, you do all this work, but yet there is this tiny little sliver that might still be there. And that's just something that probably will always be with you. Right. It's just, how do you, yeah, how do you deal with it? It's, our parents didn't do that. And our grandparents no. didn't do that. And mm -hmm. Right. But they were also just in pure, I think, survival mode for so much of their lives. And we are so fortunate to not be in that position. But we're mm. still, I think, paying price for some of what they went through in a way, you know? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious, actually, with the pandemic, um, just because if we're talking about those, were there, I, for me, definitely like triggers you know, with the pandemic, it's almost like whatever that is innately inside of you passed down. And then this pandemic happens. I definitely felt triggered, even though I'm like, well, I know I'm not in immediate, in immediate danger necessarily. Like I am doing all the safety, this pr protocols to be safe, but yet there was such a, like, like deep in my bones, probably yeah. from past. I don't know if you felt that way too, I, but I for sure did for sure. And I, yeah. tend to, you know, I have some hypochondriacal tendencies to begin with right yeah, so <laughs> along with anxiety and all of yeah. that so I felt I mean but again oh it's so it's so multi-layered isn't it like I I felt through so much of it and actually even still do even though I have all my vaccines and mm -hmm. you know bring me more I'll take as many yeah. as you have yeah. but um feeling like so threatened and so unsafe and so worried that the other shoe was about to drop, but then also feeling guilty for feeling that way because I'm not in the hospital. I'm not in immediate danger. I'm not yeah. right. So yeah. It's like, yeah. We, we wound ourselves even more by adding all these extra layers on top of the anxiety. Like I shouldn't feel the way I do. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I, I absolutely hear you. And Hero, did, I think you had something else to say. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to say was, is the inspiration that you're giving about your ancestry, mental health, about all the things that we've been through. Um, I say this time to time, me and Rachel kind of bounce off each other and had different and similar paths. So when you talk about Holocaust, like we both come from intergenerational trauma of Holocaust surviving grandparents um, from different parts and things like that. And so I think one thing that we were talking about is what makes us so connected to different individuals or those topics with other Jewish folks, regardless of how Jewish they may be, mm -hmm. is, is the terms and the, and the connections you were talking about, because we understand the level of depth of how everyday things in life can affect us differently. Yeah. So one thing I'm really curious about is that now that you are settled in Canada and you're settled in a smaller remote society, um, how has that been for your mental health once you oriented to that slowing down and that maybe a lesser simulation around you where you might be more um, brought inward? Um, do you find that's actually helped you in some ways in other parts of balancing your life while you also 
create professional and creative outlets for yourself in a lesser um, metropolitan environment? Like, do you find that there's more balance in some ways? That is, is such such a good question. Um, it's it's so hard to know for sure because you know I I find myself often drifting into thoughts of what what would have life been had I stayed had I followed you know my my dreams of. Mm-hmm singing at the Metropolitan Opera and, you know, and so I, I don't know. I feel like um, I have always been a, an anxious individual um, in the last 20 years or so, which did coincide with living and moving to Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I discovered medication, which mm-hmm. has been a wonderful thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am full, fully for it. And it had it helped me it, during so many times in my life that yes, I mean, frankly, I probably would have survived, but certainly not thrived. Um, I had a very very hard time postpartum with my child, and one of the main reasons I never had another one, and obviously will not. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Uh, so I'm I'm super thankful for that. I I don't know. I think. Um, the the pace here, I, I do find myself still after all these years comparing just basic things to living in the big city, like the fact yeah. that I drive a car and I can park it wherever I want and walk into a <laughs> store, you yeah. know, like yes. those things are still sort of foreign to me, even though it's been so many years. So those things I'm really, I'm really grateful for. I remember how much anxiety would build up in me just knowing that I had to take the subway from you know one spot to the other in manhattan and i would and it would be in rush hour and i would get i would work myself up into such a state Mm -hmm. i don't miss that but i also feel like now just having developed some more tools and some more coping mechanisms and and meditation and medication and all the stuff that i've done and worked on to to work with the anxiety over the years i feel like if i did go back to new york I would be okay. I, I could approach it from this new understanding of it. And I didn't sure. have those tools when I was 20, when I left. Right. So totally. I yeah. think also like it's, we're living in a very interesting time full of opportunities more and more and more and more and more. It's just mostly because of what we're doing now, right. The virtual, all the electronic, the uh, technology and all those kinds of things. So, yeah. you know, um, like, does, does that actually make you feel like there's, I mean, I know with COVID you've had to shut down production and those kinds of things as well. Um, how have you been able to pivot? So I, is that, yeah, Yeah, well, um, when COVID happened, we were just rolling along like normal. We were in into our, I think about our third week of rehearsals for what would have been our next regular show, which was cabaret, ironically. Holocaust yes. Oh. So we, oh, we, were doing, yeah. we were exploring a very sort of dark production of cabaret, which most people think is just, hey, come to mm-hmm. the cabaret, yeah. right? And yeah. it's very much not that. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot to it. Anyway, so we were right in the middle of a rehearsal, and somebody looked at their phone and said, "Oh my gosh, the the borders are all shut down," and that was literally the the end <laughs> of everything that that I do for work. Um, and for creative fulfillment. So I spent, I think, two months, maybe a little bit longer, on my couch playing Animal Crossing 
Nice. Oh, yeah. And yeah. a switch. And that, that was truly my world for two months. That was my reason to wake up, to go and check on my town yep. and water my flowers yep. and make everything beautiful in a world that was spinning out of control. Yep. <laughs> So I will always be grateful to Nintendo for that because yes. I don't know time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You should come to my town. It still it still exists as part I, of I have to download the game first, but if I did download okay. it, then I would have happily do so. Absolutely. I love that. So. Oh my god, I love um, that. <laughs> so uh, then I realized, you know, I I probably this is thing isn't going away it seems like this virus and I can't spend the rest of my life doing this so then I started this um this cooking project and and I just thought you know I've always wanted to cook my way through an entire cookbook a la Julie and Julia right um and I thought how you know what can I how can I do this so that maybe I can connect, still connect with my family and um, explore, you know, something interesting culturally. And so I just started researching books and Leah Koenig's The Jewish Cookbook okay. came into my radar. Uh, it's sort of the, the current, I guess, encyclopedia of you know, the diaspora of Jewish food. It's a great big giant book. There's 411 recipes. Wow. And, um, yeah. And so I ordered it and I picked a starting date, which was June 2nd of 2020. Yeah. June 2nd, 2020. And I thought, you know, I have the time I'm going to do a recipe a day and I'm going to blog about it. And it doesn't really matter if anybody pays attention or follows, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it kind of took off. I started an Instagram thing. I'm not great with the social media, but I started Instagram and I started doing this and blogging. And before I knew it, I had, you know, a few hundred followers. And then on Instagram, I had 10,000 followers and it was just doing, you know, it was making the recipes, doing a little research about them, which I find so fascinating, and then sharing a story from my childhood. And what it did too was it connected me to all of my family around the world in a way that without a pandemic just wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd call an aunt in in Kentucky and I'd say, what's your kugel recipe, you know? And And it was really neat. And then it came to the author's attention, Leah Koenig. She happens to be a a writer, a food journalist, and she lives in Brooklyn. Wow. And we connected and I told her I was doing this. And so she's been following along and we we go back and forth. And I say, you know, this one thing just didn't come out right. What did I do? So we've become friends. Wow. Uh, And I made Soprano. And that's been my shtick for the last year and a half. I love that. (laughs) Thanks. Talk about pivoting. That's amazing. (laughs) It hasn't made me any money, but. (laughs) Right. Neither has this. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. But you can't put a price on on having an outlet for your creativity, right? No. 100%. it just gave me a reason to have some routine. Like every day I would shop for the ingredients and I would plan the recipe and, you know, and I, so I've cooked my way through 411 recipes. I feel kind of like a little bit of a Jewish food expert now, just like a tiny bit. And uh, my poor husband has eaten some things that he barely kept down. 
he's been a trooper. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. See, oh. okay, see, I didn't realize that was a, um, a baby born from the pandemic, essentially. So that's my pandemic baby. Yes, that is really cool. Can we just talk about your photographs? Because whose idea was it? Because and, and, you know, when when, you know, listeners, followers will listen to this episode and, and go and search you, but whose idea was it to be topless with food in front of you? Because yeah, because they're, they're honestly some of the best photos I've ever seen Jewish or not Jewish. I died when I saw those, especially knowing that you were living in the same town I was living in and we had this connection. And then I looked you up and I was like, shut up. No way. Like like, she's got Hala in front of her breastuses. Like what? Yes. What? I found, I found it, you first. I found I, that's right. A comment that you made to some anti-vaxxer, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I need to know this person." And then yes. I was like, He's in Vernon. <laughs> yes. So yeah, the naked, the naked photo thing was my idea. Um, I don't even really know why. I just thought, you know, I've, I've, I think I was on blog post or recipe 300 and something. And I had been using my performer headshot, like my, okay. opera, uh, which is just, you know, black background. And I'm just like, right. Yeah. It's very yeah. boring and has yeah. nothing to do with Jewish food or sauciness. Yes. Yeah. Like, How can we really, really mix things up now? Full props and shout out to Camellia Court's photography. She is here in Vernon. Okay. She's an incredible photographer. And she actually a few years ago went fully viral for doing Disney photo shoots with her little girl, with her daughter. Uh, so she had like, I don't know, she's been featured everywhere and she has like a hundred thousand Instagram followers. And so her daughter's oh. older now, so they don't do that anymore, but she really had her, had her moment in the limelight. Wow. She's fabulous. And I knew she was the person to do that with me. So we just had a blast and I made all the food. <laughs> I baked the challah. I love it. We went into my studio and I was fully, you know, yeah. topless. Yeah. Um, and then in a fit of like, I don't even know what um, I had all the photos and I posted them all on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Two minutes later, a colleague of mine, a saxophone colleague from Kelowna called me. And when someone calls me instead of texting, I know something's wrong. Like someone's probably <laughs> dead. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he called me and he said, um, Melina, you need to look at your fourth photo down. Did you mean to show your entire nipple? Oh, and I said, no, no, no. I said, absolutely not. I said, Camellia and I went through every single photo with like a magnifying glass, yeah. making sure that, you know, everything's covered. But I looked and sure enough, it was like the holla and there was a little shadow, uh, but it was uh, full nip out. Oh. And <laughs> so I, it was only two minutes on, right? Two minutes online. So I went and I took it down. And of course I owe this colleague of mine, my life now, but I also find it a little creepy that he was like looking for that. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting comment. Yes. The flip side. You, you look, you look gorgeous. So gorgeous. <laughs> They're gorgeous photos. Like they yeah. really are. They're beautiful and, photos. And, and not the ads, not the add humor to it, but I would just say, Oh, thanks for noticing my third. <laughs> Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, my God. 
gosh. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and they'd be like, thanks for going to my third. Perv, block, bye. <laughs> <laughs> but now I don't want to block him because he's sort of like, he's like my nipple checker now. Oh. <laughs> Just in case, I know that that guy is on it. Oh know? my god! Nipple, oh my. nipple checker. Watch the episode where you know oh giving, saying, singing your praise. Um, oh my god, that is. But on that, on that line, it was. I actually posted something not that long ago that Miley Cyrus. I, I'm not that I'm a huge Miley Cyrus fan or anything, but I saw this meme. Not even a meme. It was, she was on a show where she was wearing like um, pasties. Yeah. on her nipples and she was on a it was like a late night because it's Miley was Cyrus she does, I think it might have been maybe but her whole her whole point was like yeah okay I'm covering the nipples and it's still okay like it's okay to, it's just because you can't see the nipples but it's like so you know very and I know I know like free the nipple I know <laughs> I know not that I'm not that I'm like a nudist or anything but it's it's just that's an interesting yeah it is for sure. And really, I, I shouldn't have had as much of a problem with it as I did. I just, this particular photo shoot was meant to be, you know, like kind of oh, yeah. peak, right? Like, yeah. otherwise I just would have been like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but that one might come later. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So funny. Did you exactly. eat the food after the photo shoot? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I sure yeah, hope you did. did. Yeah. Pastrami sandwiches and fresh bagels. And oh my oh. God. Yeah. That's the great part of Jewish food. There's some not good stuff about Jewish food. <laughs> well, that's actually a great kind of segue. Um, and tell us a little bit about like, what are some of your highlight um, recipes that you cooked, whether they're from this 411 recipes mm. or stuff that you created your own. So what are your top three? And your, not, I don't want to say your bottom three. I would like to say the three that you learned the most from about yourself Ooh. or cooking nice okay um oh man I don't know if I could narrow it down to three and I didn't create I haven't go, sort of ventured into the self recipe creation stuff I followed Leah's recipes to the letter um and actually mm-hmm. I did take recently I went through the entire the entire project the entire book every recipe that I made every photo that I took mm-hmm. and um all along from the beginning I've been giving each recipe a matzo ball rating from one to five <gasps> I love that so yes. yes so there have been a few ones not very many and of course five matzo balls is like I don't give that out lightly it has to be really freaking good yeah so, I went through the whole thing and I picked out all my four and a half and five matzo ball rated recipes. And there are 50 of them all together. So my plan now long-term and it's, it's, it's proving more difficult because I'm back to teaching a little bit again and, and, you know, regaining a little bit of normalcy, but my plan would be to now take these 50 recipes and make them my own research them, come up with my own versions of them and then create my own cookbook, like the saucy, you know, cookbook. (laughs) So, um, Let's see, challah, of course. Um, there's a potato-based challah recipe, which is the best challah I've ever eaten in my entire wow. life. Um, I Ooh. learned. Is so- that oh. is sorry, but is that gluten free then, or is it not? Uh, no, okay. Uh, still flour. Are you gluten free? I'm uh, not celiac, but I'm gluten and dairy and nut free. Oh, good for you. Well, good partially you. through 
partially through a in, when I was 20 I'm almost 30 now but like a stage two adrenal fatigue so if I kept going then oh. it would have become kidney failure so I had to change mm. that really early wow and did it turn everything around for you when you eliminated those yeah. things yeah pretty pretty quickly Amazing. pretty quickly yeah many stories like that yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, I, that's so why she was asking these are all gluten full <laughs> <laughs> which is totally yeah. fair yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was a vegetarian when I, before I started the project and at okay. the moment, um, shamefully I am not because part of the whole shtick was I had to taste everything to rate the mm, recipe. So right, I ate right, brisket right. and I ate tongue. Oh, good. What was oh, oh no. Yeah. I had tongue. Worst. Yeah. Oh no. It was horrible. Um, you know, I, I there was like 40 days in a row of kugel. I made, you know, like 100 soups. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I, but I'm still, I'm a, I think, a traditionalist. Like, I, I love the, the Jewish deli staples, you know, yeah. like a good bagel, a good black and white cookie, a good mm. pastrami sandwich. Uh, yeah. A, a good yeah. latka. A good latka. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I made... I can't even tell you how many days of latkes there were. I had I went out and bought an air fryer because oh, I, nice. we're gonna weigh four hundred pounds when the latke section is over. And right. my filling was like splattered with oil. Yeah. But I tell you, air fried latkes are not the same. No. Mm. They're just not. Mm. Yeah, I never had that before. Hmm. Don't don't bother. If you're gonna no. do it. Just do it, you know? Just do it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and also I really love doing uh, like different kind of root vegetables for latkes. So like doing like beet and sweet potato or yam and I can imagine like yam and cassava, you know, so you get really, really starchy, really, really crispy, you know, and kind of bring some other nutrition into it too. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, I'm a bit of a, I'm a foodie nut. Like I, Top Chef is on my fall asleep show. So I cannot fall asleep unless I've watched an episode. I've seen all 18 seasons, Same. probably 10 times through each. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 And house kitchen as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last, just this past July, I was on a, I, there's oh. a non-disclosure agreement, but I, I was on a a show, a culinary show, which hopefully Ooh. will air sometime in 2022. Amazing. That's probably all I can say about it, but it was it's a, a big one. <laughs> and I did Jewish food. Oh, amazing. Oh, I love that. Amazing. I, Yay. Obviously an amateur, you know, we're not a top chef, but an amateur uh one (laughs) hey you know what that's fantastic though the fact that you're being recognized or you are approaching uh channels to be spotlighted for something that you are passionate about yeah that's that's when you know regardless who cares what comes from it the fact is that you got the exposure and that's a stamp of your own product which is amazing so kudos to you and I, and I don't see the opera sing Jewish chef, you know? I love it. I don't actually see a lot of Jewish cuisine cooked mm-hmm. on any of these shows, you know, now mm-hmm. that you no. kind of said that. So there's, no. you know, that's definitely, I think, it's very interesting. I like that a lot. I think, I think there's yeah. some sort of niche for it, you know? Yeah. You know, you could do, you could do Nail to Canada because <laughs> there is no Nail to Canada. Oh. And you could do it the Jew like a Jewish version of Nailed It, but for Canadians. Wow. <laughs> I, I own fifty-one percent of this idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
love it. I love it. I love it. I and love me it. and Rachel can be like part of the panel and stuff. And then we could all like, I, I see something here. I see something here, you too. I'm yeah. trying to think of, I'm trying to think of what it would be called instead of nailed it. It would well, be Well, it would actually have to be nailed it, I guess. I think we'll just call it Oiga Vault. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Mishbucha or something. No, people wouldn't. It's too. Oh, okay. Okay. This is too okay. Jewish. <laughs> not, not to make it a, not to make it a, a punny, punny, but I'm sure you've heard of it. We call it the Shining. <gasps> the Shining. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Oh, it's like a horror, oh a horror like like the kosher the kosher hor- horrific horror you know tragedy of a cooking show oh gosh <laughs> oh my oh, god shining, oh my god shining heroes and roses no i don't know <laughs> no i think it, it should be called everything's the, coming up roses yeah i would just call it the shining with melina shine and then and like Feed and then featuring Rachel, like with addition with guest Rachel yeah. and Hero. Yeah. Okay. You know, you produce, <laughs> it, you produce it. I will show up and I'm in. Hero. You want to find someone else. I don't I know. I was going to say Hero, Hero producing. No, Rachel does all the producing here. I can, I can be, I'm the great gen, I'm the idea and content generator, but definitely not the tech side of it. We'll, well we need you else. too. We need, well, we need, we need, the, we need another Jew. I'm sure you have a connection that we could somehow, you know. Not in Vernon. Let me check it not, out. But with someone in New York or somewhere, I don't know, somewhere we could figure it out. Yes. <laughs> that could you be know, good. I have access to other Jews. I do. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go on the Jewish drive through <laughs> Drive through Jewing. Uh, oh God! Here it goes. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be talking I, to two other Jews. Right? Like, it's so exciting to me to just have a conversation with mm. Jews. Like I'm starved I, for it. I am oh. starved, you guys. I, mm. I get it. I get it. I get it because you know. Also, when I was growing up, I grew up in Vancouver, but. Uh, Vancouver, there's only, I don't know if you're familiar with Vancouver, but the pocket of the Jewish community is not where I lived. I live in, in North Vancouver, so on the North Shore. Okay. There's like two Jewish families in my entire high school of like, you know, over 2,000 kids. Wow. Yeah. So it, that was not a thing. My I was so excited in my 20s when I, I met my first really good Jewish friend. Her name is oh. Jenna, Jenna Herschler. And so, oh. so- <laughs> Definitely Jewish. <laughs> I'm still friends with her, but yeah, but there's uh, the pockets like there's a uh, you know 41st and Oak, like where the JC- mm. JCC is in that area, and like okay, um, and where Hero grew up, really mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. Vancouver. Otherwise, there wasn't really. But it is interesting when you move to these smaller cities because I've only been in Vernon for, for almost five years. Yeah. Okay. So yes, it's not coming from New York, but still coming from Vancouver, where it is. There's not just okay. Jewish, but the multicultural. I mean, like you get into these smaller towns and it's not even, it's not even that small. It's, but it's small enough. And it's still like, I am sorry to say, but it's like all, it's all white people. It is. It just it is. is. And white as matzah. White as yeah. matzah. Dry too. Yes. Yes. Brittle and so, dry. I was just going to say brittle. <laughs> oh soulmates. my. Soulmates. Yes. No, I, I know. It can feel very, um, I don't know, like, and, and even the fact that we're like in this valley, like, it can feel very oppressive sometimes, you know, and um, yeah, yeah like kind of starved know, for for that. Not even I was scared. Yeah, I was actually quite nervous, to be honest, moving here, because I, I am a very like, 
you know, open for lack of better word, liberal accepting, like, you know, like grew up with, with a, a, you know, a gay uncle when I was, you know, all so just like, I was, I was nervous to move to a smaller place. Like, it's just, I love that these kind of conversations and these platforms are so much more um, available and ready for, or readily available for all communities because totally it's, totally. it's, it's really important. You know, we it's don't live, yeah, we don't yeah. live in New York city. We don't live in a, in a budding, like multicultural metropolis. And so we, we need to be aware that, that that is the case. And mm-hmm. I mean, we know that, but a totally. lot of people don't <laughs> still that yep. live in these smaller towns. So you're so, so, so right. And I, I get yeah. it. I, I feel it almost every day. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my dog really I, wants to say hi. I was going to say, bring the bitch up or if it's a male, bring the bitch up. <laughs> this is Mordecai. Oh, Mordecai. <laughs> But we call him Morty. Oh my God, so and cute. He's been jumping at, at my heels because he wants to know what's going on. So, so Morty. cute. Is he a cockapoo or a, a Cavachon? Cavachon. So Cavalier, uh, King Charles Cavalier Bichon mix. <gasps> oh my and God. He's three. I... Oh, and he's like the love of my life. Oh, oh my God. Oh. oh, the King Charles are such a great breed to mix with other people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's a person. They're very, very animated. They're very humane. They're very animated. They're full of life. Yeah. You know what's was he jumping around in the background? Because I thought it was a cat. I thought that was a cat. It was because he's so like agile and like he oh is. I love it. Very cat like. But now that he's up on my lap, he'll be content for forever. Aww. Oh, such a beautiful lap dog. Oh. Little Morty. Oh my goodness. Well, hi. <laughs> hi, sh- hi, Schnookums. Yeah. Oh, hi. Those eyes. I know. Oh, oh, that's a good shot. Oh, he's look at that. In his eyes. Yeah. Oh my, oh my God. And he's named after my Zeta. Oh. oh. Yeah. My Zeta's Hebrew name was Mordecai. Everyone called him Mark, but he was Mordecai. So. Oh my God. Oh. And be, I mean, we, it's one thing I forgot to ask you is where is your child now? Are they living in, in, in Kelowna or are they? My son, Justin. Yeah. He lives in Kelowna. He's also a musician and he, believe it or not, he runs a podcast company. So he does mobile podcasting. Whoa. And he brings all the equipment to his to his clients and he's doing quite quite well with that it's called uh, podigy podcasts so connect Love. Right? yes yeah. oh my goodness that. that's really cool it's pretty neat he's also has a very like entrepreneurial spirit so he just out of business school and then decided to start this because he saw a you know a, a niche for it yeah i think that's incredibly smart absolutely that's oh my god unbelievable yeah. We could talk to you for hours and hours, I but I know, I know, I know. And we, and we will maybe offline. I don't know if everyone else would be like, okay, guys, this is enough. We're bored. We're good. Wrap it up. Yeah. Um, Get but, the cane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but one of our, our silly questions, we always kind of like to leave it on a more of a lighthearted note. Um, actually, well, first of all, uh, which, which one should we do first? Well, first of all, actually, we'll ask you, how can people find you? We're going to put everything in the show notes, obviously, but you know, what, what are you working on now, right now? Um, and really how can people reach out to you and support you? 
Well, thank you so much for that. Um, well, I'm back to uh, kind of very COVID restricted teaching. So no big shows or anything yet. But when I am sort of up and running, and hopefully that will happen again one day, uh, it's melinashine.com. So my name and my last name is S-C-H-E-I-N. And so that's all the performance stuff. And it includes Big Apple Productions and Valley Vocal Arts. But then the big, the project right now is thesaucysoprano.com. And I am going to put you down and I'm on (laughs) Facebook as The Saucy Soprano and Instagram and haven't ventured into the world of TikTok yet, but that maybe is next. And of course, the website where people can read 411 <laughs> blog posts. <laughs> I don't I expect anyone to do that other than my mother. But, um, <laughs> you know, there is some fun stuff there and some some cool information. I, of course, I don't post the recipes because I want people to buy Leah's book. She's a hardworking journalist. She's got two little kids. So there's a link to buy her book that is on there. But I do post the experience of making all of the recipes and funny stories and lots of Yiddish kite and, you know, Yiddish words. And so it's uh, it's really neat that it's developed a following and people who are not even in my family. Right. <laughs> nice. yeah. I was going to say, I don't think you have, do you have over 10,000 people in your family? Because that's how many followers. No, <laughs> not that I know of. <laughs> oh my god! Like, Can we have some? <laughs> okay. I would love to share them with you. I think I so oh my god. I will share this I, as much as I can. Absolutely. Oh, bless I love soul. what you guys are doing. I love it so much. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my god! Seriously, thank you so much. Yeah, and and again, I think I'm going to get this question correct. So Rachel asked me this question <laughs> at the beginning before you popped on. And the question she wanted to ask is, what's juicier? Gefilte fish <laughs> or latkes? No, what was it? What was it? Sorry, what was the other one? Gefilte fish or? Well, I said it, I said it wrong as a joke. I said Kegel, oh. but oh, I meant <laughs> What's juicier? Gefilte fish, which I think would be my drag name, or Kegel? <laughs> Oh, oh my god he absolutely tomato tomato <laughs> i can't get past the drag name of gift built of fish oh do you think that one that my actual one is kosher pickle <laughs> so many implications there like, oh boy oh boy <laughs> oh my god oh boy. <laughs> am i answering this question actually yep. yeah <laughs> What's yeah. juicier? Like, as in literally juicier? What do you, you can what, what's your interpretation? This- exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So I have never had anything but a dry kugel. Oh. Um, I've, I've always find kugel just like, you know, you need something to wash it down with. So I'm going to take that off the juicy list completely. <laughs> I think the filter fish is the most disgusting thing ever created. <laughs> I'm sorry for your drag persona. Um, no reflection on that, but it is just freaking nasty to like puree a fish and serve it with horseradish. Like who <laughs> thought of that? Mm. But as far as literal, ju- literal juiciness, you know, if you put enough of the horseradish, which is called crane, like that should tell you everything. You <laughs> need <to know> that <laughs> <way>. <laughs> 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 then at least you can like sort of get it down yeah 
Yeah. Right? Whereas Kugel in general is just like, <sighs> so. I love that. Yeah. I <laughs> I love that answer because it was so different from what we were what we were giving in the beginning before we introduced you because we took it more like as in J E W juicier like that. Oh. So, but yeah. no, no, no. But your your answer Yours was is perfect. Perfect, and it's interesting because I was saying I think Kugel's disgusting. Yeah. I don't like it at no. all. But Hero loves it, and I it. hated gefilte fish as a kid. I mean, what kid, what freaking kid likes gefilte fish? And unfortunately, <laughs> you're introduced to it as a child. So, mm. right? Maybe, maybe if you're maybe if you're introduced to it as an adult, maybe a little bit, it might be a bit different, like sushi. Like I don't know, yeah. but <laughs> it's just See, I don't mind it now, which is super weird. I don't know why. Maybe it's how my dad makes it. I have no idea. Um, oh my god okay i have to, i have to hop in you're very candid and un, unprecedented if because we're not a passover but okay if you had to choose <laughs> to true. be one of the yeah. five or six or seven whatever how many fuck they are pa- things on the passover plate which one would represent you the most and why I oh have god i wish i had prepared for these i, I didn't <laughs> instinctively i want to say like the shank bone because i like a good shanking <laughs> Yes, yes, but not yes. In, not in like the murderer sense. More oh. in like you know the sexual sense. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Bony and saucy. Oh. oh my god! Or but but then also maybe like the haroset because it's like you know sweetness, That's but it has favorite. a little crunch to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Little nutty. It's a little nutty. It's a little nutty. Yeah, it has wine in it. Yep. So, you know, if you ate enough of it, you could maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys! Uh, <laughs> great, great way to end it. Great yeah. way to end it. Yeah. We, we thank you from the bottom of our Jewish hearts. I don't know what I was going to say. Um, from the bottom and the, on the top of our ishy, our ishy hearts. Yes. Um, and we'll keep in touch, of course. Um, Love that. All the best. I can't wait for theater to be more of a thing. I know that it's starting to open up in other places. And yes, yeah, you know, so and actually, I'm, I'm actually going to go see a movie tonight for the first time in over two years. I'm going to go see Ghostbusters. tonight. Oh, I, thought was, I thought that was last night. Anyways, OK, have fun. I was supposed to be, we, you know what, actually, I know we're just, now we're just like babbling on like Jews do. Um, I no, wonderful. I know. And so, no, I was at, we were supposed to go last night, but we both got our flu shots last night and I was just tired. Oh, I was just tired. Yeah. I was just like, eh, I'm tired. Don't really, yeah. I, I get all the vaccines. That's just what oh, I do. Yeah, us too. I'm married to a scientist. So he's just like, oh, we didn't talk about that vaccine. So yes. Yes. Okay, that'll be the next time. We'll, that'll, we'll be, that, that'll be that'll be part Jew. And part? Did you say part Jew? Yeah. <laughs> I can't. You guys, I just can't. Listen, Hero, do you come to Vernon ever? No, but you know what? I definitely want to, and I think I have an opportunity to start coming to Vernon more frequently. So I cannot wait for that to happen. Okay, because listen, when, I mean, we don't have to wait for this, but it would be such a great opportunity when my next production, whenever it's going to be, happens, 
you guys need to come. You will be my VIPs. And then Absolutely. you will come to my house and we will have like a Jewish feast. And I will make you a kugel and I will make you a gefilte fish. <laughs> and you'll meet Mordecai and we'll drink Manischewitz the whole night long. Oh okay? my God. I would um, be, I'd be completely beklempt the entire time. <laughs> it's happening. This is oh happening. My, it's totally happening. Oh my God. I'm so stalking you on Instagram and cannot <laughs> wait to keep in touch with you. You oh are light. Thanks. Light. So much and happy Hanukkah. Yes. Happy Hanukkah. Yes. Happy indeed. Hanukkah. Um, yeah. I hope that we get together before then, Melina, because we probably yeah. live like two minutes away from each other, but yeah. we'll no. keep in touch. You could even <laughs> you could we even know. crawl to each other. You're th- you're so close. You're you're right. And I, I admit to needing a little encouragement, maybe more than than average person, just because these days just leaving my house sometimes is enough to like you know, like yeah, it, it, it's, it's taken its toll on all of us, right? Totally, and I, totally. and I'd love to to meet up. So. I get oh my it. god, I would I definitely. It. Well, you two will meet up probably sooner, but I would definitely more than happily come and visit. And <laughs> it's great to have an additional soul to come and just share the love with. So, it's so it's gonna happen. I have. I'll love keep it. it low, but I have accessibility to come over to Vernon more frequently in my future. Although now there are like no roads to get here, but that's uh, awesome. yeah, I know. Well, you can the, fly. We can fly. We can fly. So yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be. I'm excited. So I'm excited to make that happen. Well, I didn't mention I was I was Mark Marin. I'm wearing my I'm wearing my very Jewy Mark Marin shirt just in I blue. Love- I don't know. Do you know who Mark Marin is? Yeah. Okay. I, I love him. Like, I don't know. He's just like the, the angriest older Jewish man ever. And... I love the shirt. <laughs> I didn't notice it because I could only see a little I, bit. I know. So anyway, bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> not did you farewell. Oh my God. Thank you. We'll talk Thanks, very Melina. soon. Okay. Have a great rest of your Mwah. night. Bye. 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 Bye.